rubber sap here just wanted to drop by see how everybody was doing let you know that god is still on the throne no matter what comes our way god is still very much on the throne he's still hearing our prayer he is still taking care of his children he is in control not the government not the covid 19 virus that we've been experiencing not not anyone god is in control now you can ask yourself well why did god allow this to happen that i can't answer but it is going to work for our good and for his glory no matter what comes our way it will work for our good and for his glory now why do we have viruses why do we have sicknesses why do we have disease why do we have any of these problems that's an easy answer that's an answer that we can go back to the Garden of Eden, to the original sin. And if you want to even go back further than that, well, let's go back even further than that. But there is nothing further back than the Garden of Eden. Oh, but that's where you're wrong. Yes, there is something further back. There is God. There is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And there was Lucifer. We know him as Satan, Beelzebub, the old man, the goat, the deceiver, however you want to call him. He fell from heaven because of a sin, because of pride, because of arrogance, because he wanted to ascend even higher than God himself. So God kicked him out, removed him from his presence. He could not dwell in heaven completely, constantly, as he had in the past. Now with him, there were some angels that that was kicked out because they followed him. They followed Lucifer and not God. They thought that Lucifer had a better way, another way, another path. Does this sound familiar? Jesus said he is the truth, the way, and the life, and no man come to the Father except by him. So he, there is only one path. And Satan has been given us these other paths all along. He's been giving us a new direction, a new way. All these many years, we think that these thoughts are ours. They're not. They're not. These cults that come up, the Heaven's Gate, the temp People's Temple, all of these cults that we see, we see these false religions, Islam and Buddha, Hinduism, all of these other false religions, these are not man's thoughts. These are planted by Satan to get us distracted from the truth, get us distracted from the way, to get us distracted from the only path that will lead to heaven. But how do we know this? Well, we know this because that's what Christ said. But just because he said it, does that make it truth? Yes, it actually does. Whether you want to believe it or not, it makes it true. It makes it factual. My father-in-law often said that God spoke it and that settled it whether I believe it or not. So when you're looking at a different path and you're looking at a different way, it's not your fault, but you're acting on a temptation. You're acting on what Satan has told you, what Satan has placed in your heart. You see, the thinking is, is not the issue. The temptation is not the problem. It's acting on the temptation. It's acting on the, the situation. It's the not the thought, but the actions that comes. So when you come up with a new Bible, when you come up with a extra Bible, when you come up with a, another Bible, now hear me, I'm not talking about just the Bible translations. There are some of those that, well, they don't need to be out there either. And you have to be really careful what you read from. King James, yes, 
New American Standard Bible? Yes. New English Translation? Yes. Those are all very factual, very direct, very good translations. There are other translations out there that's just not worth the time nor the energy. And I'm only going to mention one, but that's the message. The Message Bible is worthless. It paraphrases, it condenses, it can, it's a concise version, but it leaves out so much. And because it leaves out, it's not worth it. We look into the book of Revelation, and it says in chapter 22 that he who takes away from this book of prophecy, his name will be stricken from the Lamb's book of life. So if you're reading from a version that's left out, now I'm going to surprise you. There is no such thing as a word for word. You can have a close but you can't be word for word. It'd be like trying to do word for word Spanish to English or word to word German to English or, for that matter, English to French. You can't do it. It does not translate word for word. The ancient Hebrew and the ancient Greek does not translate into English word for word, but it does King James, N-E-T, NASB, they do get it as accurately as possible. There's another one out there, the Complete Jewish Bible. You go, whoa, wait a minute, Jewish Bible? Yes, the Complete Jewish Bible. Very accurate, very, very knowledgeable. I encourage you to read it as well. But stay away from the message. It's, it's worthless. Stay away from self-help books. They're worthless. Stay away from these things that try to tell you how to do it a different way. Because there is no other way, and there is nothing you can do to get there. We have to follow Jesus, and only Jesus. In the scriptures of Roman, uh, chapter 6, verse 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's dissect that scripture, just that one scripture in this podcast tonight. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Wages, we we understand that. If we're an adult, we have a job. We know that the job pays us a certain salary, a certain hourly pay. That's our wages. And they pay us for what we do or for the time that we spend on the time clock, on the company's clock. My dad always told me that when I was hired by anyone that it was their time. It wasn't my time anymore. It was their time. It was the company's time. It was the person that hired me's time. And if they wanted me to to pick up sticks in the in the field, that's what my job was that day was to pick up sticks in the field. So it's their time. It's not mine. My time is the weekend. My time is the afternoons. My time is when I am not on a shop clock working. Now, as a good friend of mine who plays basketball, coaches basketball, he talks about the shot clock. That's the amount of time that the the basketball player has the ball, and there's a certain amount of time that that ball has to leave or before they there's a certain amount of time that is allowed for a player to have the ball and then that ball has to be transferred to another that's the shot clock that time that that ball is in that player's hands being dribbled is the game's time it's not the player's time it's the game's time and there's a certain amount of time that 
that is allowed or given to that one player, and then he has to transfer the ball to someone else, and the shot clock starts over. So if the wages, that's what you work for, that's what you earn, whether it's the basketball goal from the person that's dribbling the ball, and then the salary that they pull, that they make playing basketball, or if it's the person that's out here sweeping the streets, or the doctor, or the lawyer, or whomever. Their wages is what they have earned. It's because what they either know or what they do. That's how you earn your salary. You either earn your salary by what you know, or you earn your salary by what you do, or a combination of both. You earn your salary by what you know and what you do, and that's my case. That's the way the company I work for pays me. Pays me a certain salary for the amount of time and the amount of knowledge that I have. Those are, when I get my paycheck, that's what I've earned. Those are wages. So the wages of sin, what you earn from sin, what you collect from sin, your salary from sin is death. It leads you to the ultimate death, and that's hell. It leads you to a separation from God. It leads you down a path, and it takes you further than you want to go to a place that you never wanted to go to in the first place. No one, I don't think, grows up wants to be a serial killer. No one wants to grow up to be a drug addict. But due to bad decisions... Some people make those decisions, they make bad decisions, poor decisions, and it gets them down a path that they don't need to go, into a place that they don't need to be at. So the wages of sin, sin is your employer, and sin is going to pay you a wage, and that wage is death. Just as my company pays me a salary or wages for what I earn, for what I do, Sin is your employer, and he he pays you the wage of sin is death. Your salary for sinning is death. Your salary, your take-home pay for sin is death. Now, you may have joy for a season. You may have happiness for a little while. You may, oh, you may even make millions and millions of dollars. But in the long run, where is your retirement at? Is your retirement in hell? And if it is, was it worth it? Was it worth what you did what is your retirement worth what you did it's what you earn so you would have to say maybe i made bad decisions maybe i made poor decisions maybe i made you you get the point but the gift of god now what is a gift a gift is free a gift is something someone gives you probably because they love you the gift of god god loves us so much that he gave us his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in his son jesus would have everlasting life so the gift is jesus the gift of god jesus is eternal life let that sink in a little bit the wages something you earn is death hell and the grave but the gift that god wants to give you it's not what you earn it's not what you deserve but it's because the heavenly father loves you so much that he wants to give you a gift and the gift that he gives us in the presence in the form the visage of of jesus christ is everlasting life we can move 
to have it. Now, a gift is something that's free. You don't have to pay shipping and handling. A gift is given to you free of charge, free of any sticks, stigma, any back roads, any backwoods, any backdoor dealings. A gift is totally free. And that gift is from God, so it's got to be good because we know that the scripture tells us that all good things come from God. So this gift that God has given us is good and it's free and it gives us everlasting life. Which do you want? Do you want to earn a wage, a salary of death, or do you want to have a gift that is free that gives you everlasting life? And this is given to us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is a gift given to us by the Father through the Son. The Son is bringing us this gift. He is the messenger. He is the giver of this gift. And he delivered that message 2,000 years ago on the cross of Calvary. Most of us can understand salaries. Most of us can understand if we get hired to do a job. Most of us, though, we can't understand gifts. If, if someone was to give you your dream house or your dream car or your dream life, if let's say you won the publisher sweepstakes and you got that $7,000 a week for life, you didn't have to do anything except you had to fill out a sheet of paper or an online form or whatever and send it in. Your name was drawn. $7,000 a week because you took five minutes, two minutes to fill out a sheet. That would be a gift. You didn't do enough to earn $7,000 a week. That's $28,000 a month. So you didn't earn that. You was given that. Would you know how to accept it? Oh, we'd law. Oh, yeah, I know how to accept it. Oh, I'm going to scream. I'm going to holler. But would we really understand the, the gravity, the seriousness? Would we really understand what we was given? But I'm here to tell you that Jesus offers us so much more than $7,000 a week. He offers us eternal life. In the early days of America, before we was even a country, Ponce de Leon, the Spaniard, he, he came to Florida looking for the fountain of youth so he could live forever. And he searched all over the southern portion of our country looking for this myth mythical and magical place, this water that he could drink, this elixir of life that he could consume, and he would never die. I'm here to tell you that on his journey, he had the fountain of youth, and he did not see it. He did not understand it. He did not comprehend what he had, because you see, he had a priest with him. He had the word with him. He had God's book with him. It offers, the book offers, through Jesus, eternal life. The book, the Bible, is the fountain of youth. Now, we'll get old. Some of us will get old, and some of us, like myself, will go bald. Some of us will turn white-haired. Some of us won't even make it that far, but we will most of us will turn old and we will get older and older and older and we will pass away. 
So the fountain of youth that, that I'm talking about does not physically stop us from aging. The fountain of youth I'm talking about stops us spiritually from growing old and dying. We will be forever his child, forever his youth in Christ if we accept what Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago. Next Sunday, a week from tomorrow, is Easter Sunday. That's the day that Christians set aside that said that Christ rose from the tomb. And I'm not taking anything away from Easter Sunday. Don't, don't get it the wrong way. But the real miracle, the real beauty, the real thing that we need to sink our teeth into happened three days earlier when he was nailed to the cross, beaten, humiliated, pierced, nailed to the cross. Crown of thorns played it and put on his head. His blood flowed down that cross and across the ground. And he looked up to his father and he said, It is finished. When he said, It is finished, it was finished. He was saying that there is no need for us to die and go to hell. There is no need for us to die and, and be separated from God. He made that way. He made that gift. He gave us that gift on the cross of Calvary. It's up to you to receive it. It's up to you to accept it. It's up to you to say, Lord, I want you in my life. It's up to you. God's done his part. Now you have a small part to play. You have to accept what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. You have to accept the fact that he died in your place. He was beaten in your place. The crown of thorns was for you. The nails that went through his hands and through his feet was for you. The whipping that he, re he endured prior to the cross, that was for you. That was for you. That was for me. But he gladly went to the cross of Calvary and took that abuse so that we wouldn't have to. That's the gift, part of it anyway. He took the beating. He took the death. He took the shame. He took the humiliation so that we wouldn't have to. And he said, he said, I go to prepare a place for you, and I will come back for you. At his ascension, he told us he was coming back for us. When will that be? Who knows? But I'm here to tell you, all you have to do is accept his blood, his death, his crucifixion and it's real simple from your heart just say I'm sorry Lord from your heart just say forgive me God from your heart there is no sinner's prayer there is no sinner's prayer in the scriptures and there is no magic words but from your heart say I'm sorry say forgive me Lord say Lord I want to come home and be with you because like all prodigal children we run we leave we we do our own thing but eventually we will think and we will come home it's time prodigal child for you to come home love you look forward to talking to you again in about a week maybe a little sooner you're welcome to send any prayer request in, to out of the code.net hit me up on Facebook Twitter wherever Robert sees out let's go to the Lord in prayer our most kind and gracious Heavenly Father Lord we thank you for this day we thank you for your many blessings upon our life Lord and we thank you Lord for this time 
that we've had together here, God. We ask, Lord, that you'll move, that you'll touch. I don't know when, Lord, this will be listened to. I don't know when this will be received by people, Lord, whether it's now, whether it's later, whether it's years from now. But, Lord, I know that you will be the same today as you will be then. I know that you will be the same today as you are tomorrow. I know that you will be the same today as you were yesterday. And Lord, I ask that you touch in each, every person that listens to this, every person that hears it to the sound of my voice, no matter how long into the future it is, God, that you will still, Lord, touch and move on people. And Lord, we ask this in Jesus' sweet and holy name we pray. Amen. Love you guys. Be careful.